This Playing is the intro. Downs, the voice of Master Chief Spartan 117. Welcome to Quality Time, the KO Koala Entertainment Podcast. Anthony and Skyler will take it from here. Master Chief, out. Hello and welcome to Quality Time, the Kale Koala Entertainment Podcast. I'm Skylar Sokol. And I am Anthony Nicolosi. That's me singing the Elden Ring theme. Oh, is that right? Okay. Yeah. It's Elden Ring Day, everyone. It got announced today, but that's not what we're here to talk about, actually. In fact, this it probably doesn't relate to Elden Ring almost at all because we're going to talk instead about a game revealed a few days ago, uh, Battlefield 6. Battlefield 2042. 2042. And that's because, Anthony, they are doing a pretty strange business model. Something mm-hmm. unexpected. That Elden Ring would never do. That Elden Ring would never dare to do. And <laughs> what that is, is we have no single player in the game. No single player at all. Solely multiplayer. I mean, we've got games like that. Rocket League, whatever. But right. but guess how much it costs? And by guess, oh, I mean, know, tell the boys it's, it's probably only 20, right? Or like 40, maybe. Oh, maybe. But okay. 60 max, right? Right. Yeah. No way. Because it's not like a fully contented. It's yeah. fucking $70. Oh. It's $70 multiplayer, only $70. And I think the real, um, kind of weirdness is the fact that you know that shit's going to be micro transactioned out the butt you know they're going to have some kind of like additional dlc things that this shit's ea dude it's ea you know you're about to get like 400 gun skins no and like three i think last week andrew wilson the ceo of ea had this interview with uh i can't remember i think it was fortune and he (laughs) Some of the mental gymnastics on fucking microtransactions, man. Like, really wasn't it was funny. Like, it was like, uh, you know, people are concerned that the, this is like manipulating players uh, into like spending too much or whatever. And he's like, well, we believe in giving the player options, you know, and like, uh, and this is supporting their freedom to blah 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 blah. It's like, God. Oh, so 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 cringe. Listen to that, but oh, um. No. Anyway, what, what do you expect? Uh, so now, uh, here's a. Uh, I, I I think I we we've we felt we've we just heard our immediate reaction to the, yeah to the, a little. <laughs> it's a little silly. I mean, I can foresee a game whose multiplayer is good enough to be worth seventy dollars, but I would never expect any company to sell that game for seventy dollars. Like now, Rocket League, for example, right? Like, yeah, that has enough content to be sold for seventy dollars. But why sell it for yeah, twenty I, and then get your microtransactions on and do what Rocket League did and it worked great? Well, the thing that's most curious to me is the fact that without like with a lot of times a campaign being bundled inside, it helps drive the value proposition a little bit, right? You've got this. You've got you've got this. Uh, experience that professional level designers carefully crafted for you to experience whatever, blah, blah, blah. I mean, there's so many people we know, like I actually just had this conversation with a coworker at work about how they play Call of Duty and Battlefield. They had in the past played those games, 
Um, mainly just for the campaign, right? Um, being a Halo person, I know people who mainly just play Halo for the campaign as well. Um, so, so I, I think one question about this is like, are is a multiplayer experience worth just seventy? You said Rocket League. Some could be, and I agree with with your statement on there. The subsequent one is though, in this day and age, with all of these multiplayers being either like free to play or That's really what I was low barrier say, to dude, entry, we live in an age where multiplayer games are free. Like many yeah. huge multiplayer games are free. Like it's crazy to say that you're gonna price a AAA full price multiplayer only game. Yeah, like I'm I'm thinking about the shooters right now. Call of Duty Warzone is yep. free, Fortnite, but I think free. That, yeah, those so those are battle royales. I think though Call of Duty's the rest of Call of Duty's multiplayer is part of the paid Correct. pack, right? Yep. Yeah. So it's kind of like they're sort of just pulling now actually what i was going to say is they're just kind of stuck in that triple a holiday season quarter four we 70 we need a 70 game out there you know whatever I mean, this I is ea right they're like the most notorious company for being stuck in the triple a mindset of any company right you know they just want so, their players to experience a sense of pride and accomplishment and the only way they can and, do and that is if you choice. pay 70 dollars. yeah yes yes of course <laughs> Um, that is a $70 experience. So now what if though you could, you could say EA play currently is on game pass, right? Yep. So maybe what they're thinking is we know this is going to be on game pass. So on game pass, we, we, we need to, we need to implement monetization schemes as if this game were free for those game pass customers. And so the reason why we sell it at 70 really is for that uh, the non-Game Pass retail play. You know now, what I mean? The problem, though, is that's like a very Microsoft-centric mindset, right? This game's coming out on PlayStation, right? This game's coming yeah, out on true. other true. on PC. Like, those aren't the big Game Pass markets. So that would be... I feel like that can't be the only answer, right? Because otherwise... And maybe it is. Maybe they have like some secret deal because EA and, and Game Pass are working together. Maybe they don't care. Maybe they're like the Game Pass market is what we really care about. And for everyone else, let's just get our money's worth and get out kind of thing or something. Yeah. No, that. Yeah. So. I, I, yeah, I agree. That's true. That's true. That could be interesting. It, they, they haven't announced anything surrounding like if it's going to launch day and date on Game Pass as well. It's going to even be on Game Pass, technically. They haven't said, but because EA plays there, and the fact that it's being sold at 70, that's what some people are speculating. Um, damn it. Now, so, let me just say, so we're already in an age where games got increased to $70 this generation, right? Right. And a lot of people were already upset about that. Granted, we've had previous conversations that we tried to demonstrate why $70 is kind of reasonable and not crazy and it isn't that big a deal. Um, right. But that's $70 for what everyone would normally expect to be a $70 game. That's either a like very long form, very high quality single player game with no multiplayer or a single player multiplayer combo game. I don't, I don't know if we've ever seen a multiplayer only game sold at that kind of price. Like, did we see any? Can you think of any multiplayer only games sold at the $60 price range last generation? I, nothing's coming to the top of my head. Like the last thing I can think of is wasn't Titanfall one sixty dollars? That was in twenty. Titanfall has a something. campaign. Two did. One oh, did, did one not? 
Uh, and but I don't remember if Titanfall one was a full sixty. It might have been forty. For some reason in my head, I'm thinking it was forty. Huh. Uh, um, but that's the last one I can I can really think of that was at that full AAA price point with only multiplayer. Yeah, that's a, same. That's all I can think of as well. So, oh, actually, well, I mean, fighting games kind of count. There's like been, but most of these recent fighting games have had enough single player content that I would argue that they're not solely multiplayer releases. So I don't know if that even counts. Um, yeah, I cannot, I cannot think of one. We have some dash dash in chat saying DN did, but do you know what DN is? No, I don't what know why you're for? even bringing this up. It could be. Yep. Yep. <laughs> yep. You, I, I'm not an idiot. I don't bring this shit up, but dash dash just D's nuts. D's nuts the fucked out of Anthony. That's so fucking funny. I, okay. I, like, I, if you're listening oh, and you miss this Anthony. live, we stream these episodes live on Twitch, 830 PM Eastern. Oh Most of the time God. on Monday. We do Ugh. have an episode next Monday. A, yeah, and you miss op, you miss. Ex- this is how this. you know Anthony has kids and I don't, because <laughs> he falls for shit like this. <laughs> Drive comes with an entire anime May series. Yeah, Nobody was saying you just mentioned that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So some fight. Yeah, so fighting games recently have pushed more for single player. So that's not even a good example. So no, really, the reality is no. This is going to be the. What, did Star Wars Battlefront Two have a single player? Oh, that's interesting. I think it did. I thought it did too. So I really do think it's this is the first time anyone's doing this. Is, is this confirmed? This is confirmed, right? That it's multiplayer yeah. only, like surely confirmed. Yep. Interesting. Now they said they said inside of the multiplayer experiences there are how can I say? Um uh there are narrative things interwoven. I'm not familiar with how Battlefront has done this in the past, but Somebody in Discord said they have done this before. Um, hmm. That somehow there's narrative elements interwoven into the multiplayer. Um, my guess, though, I don't know. My, what I think in my head is like, it can't be that. How 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 profound and substantial can you get when it's a dynamic multiplayer experience like that? Is Agreed. it just like a hundred percent? Yeah. You know, there's things scattered throughout these because I mean, Battlefield does have fucking huge maps, but like. Are, are there things scattered throughout that you can find? I mean, what you I know, can think audio of is logs? in the previous battlefields, I've never seen any audio logs or anything like that, but I could be wrong. But in the maps, there is like a story each map tells. Like over the course of a match, the map changes and evolves. And maybe mm. those like events, you could tie them between the maps and there'll be some sort of overarching like idea of what's happening to the world. But right. that's it doesn't seem like it could be that detailed right that's like a meta narrative that is definitely not replacing single player narrative content right Mm -hmm. yeah um now uh, how about this this is the question i wanted to ask you okay let's let's imagine ea is actually good guy ea the good guy ea that andrew wilson paints a picture of okay Uh (laughs) uh-huh imagine that it's a $70 multiplayer game, but they promise and actually adhere to never releasing any kind of microtransactional stuff, DLC packs even. Like, it's just $70 and that's it forever. Would you prefer that over, like, some of these free-to-play models and et cetera? Um, 
I don't know if I would prefer it, right? I think the free-to-play models work well because they lower the barrier of entry for people to play the games, and then if you want to pay for all the extra shit, you can. You know, I think that's a way better model, and that's why they've been so popular lately because they give you the best chance at the largest player base and making the most players happy in generally, you know? Like, Mm -hmm. um, I am lucky that I can afford that kind of stuff, right? That I can afford a $70 game and not worry about it. But, like, a lot of people can't, and this free-to-play game would let them play the new Battlefield without having to commit $70 just if they want the base-level content and none of the extra stuff, you know? Yeah. Conversely... Uh, like uh, uh, let's think of it this way conversely there are games that do release including for example uh soon to release uh halo infinite will have camp what the whole entire multiplayer suite for halo infinite is free and the campaign is paid or in the single player stuff is camp is paid now if you think about it from uh the amount of hours you're going to play it I would say that generally speaking, a person who is going to buy the $70 Battlefield is going to p- put more hours into it than the average person who play- buys the Halo campaign, which is just the Halo campaign. Uh, of course, Pro- yeah. And that's sort of an expectation of multiplayer games is that you get a lot more hours out of them, right? Yet somehow we're more okay. I feel like the market's more has been conditioned to be more okay with the like, oh, it's a single player experience. You know what I mean? And that that's okay. Yeah. Even though, yeah, it's a bit of a fallacy from the, if you just look at it from the amount of time you're going to be spending on so, it. Yeah. But I mean, the reality of, of games and playing games is that the amount of time you spend on a game does not determine the game's value. Right. Yeah. It also doesn't determine the amount of work that went into that part of the game. Correct. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, that, I, think I think that's in what general, was, the single yeah. player stories end up being a lot more expensive to develop and produce. And so they probably need to make their money back on those more than the multiplayer, even though the multiplayer is a huge effort, obviously. But mm-hmm. I guarantee you Halo spent way more money making the single player part. Yeah. N- yeah. Without knowing the details on that and also the long term costs of, you know, maintaining a multiplayer environment, too, if you were to put it into that equation. I'm not sure how that would shake out. I I think it's interesting that. um this recently Biomutant came out and right. a lot of the reviews I saw regarding Biomutant were that they felt that the amount of gameplay from a time and I to some expect to some extent quality perspective didn't feel justified at the full 60 or 70 dollar price tag and that if that price tag was different they feel like they would have perceived the game um you know much more favorably yep um Go ahead. I mean, what Sorry. I read was that a lot of the quests were repetitive and sort of similar, and there wasn't enough gameplay variety to justify the price point. Because I, di- I didn't read that much about it not being long enough, but um, yeah. Yeah, just just to say, it's um, the discussion surrounding how the correlation between the amount of hours invested in these games and their monetary price, the correlation between hours and stuff is so um it's clearly not like i don't know consistent even across different modes of games you know no, totally so. and i feel like there are people who you would be like hey you paid 15 bucks for rocket league would you have paid 100 bucks for it and i guarantee you most people would say no a lot of people mm-hmm. would say no even if you showed them that they got like 
easily way more than a hundred dollars worth of time out of that game if they consider like a you know 12 hour 60 dollar game worth it you show them their rocket league and you're like this game's worth like five thousand dollars to you and they're like well i just that it's a it is a weird perception i agree i feel like there's an expectation from multiplayer games that you're just getting way more hours to monetary value than single player games well, that's one thing. Do you think the reason, though, why we're okay with it is because somehow the multiplayer experiences feel less, I don't know, substantial than these single-player experiences? That somehow the single-player stories, campaigns, generally speaking, hit something just deeper and more significant that we, generally speaking, it's a spectrum, but generally speaking, feel like is more valuable or worthwhile to experience. I don't know about that, but I think that maybe it's just like a perception of connecting it to movies and other forms of media that makes it like we're used to paying money for that stuff. So maybe like, you know, cause a single player narrative game like competes with a movie and with TV and whatever. Mm-hmm. Right. And so maybe that gives it more justification for value. Whereas the multiplayer experience is a very standalone thing. There's not really other activities that match it except for maybe like sports and stuff, but like, so maybe that's just, it's hard to perceive value for those things because we don't have very many things to compare them to. You know what I mean? For multiplayer yeah. experiences. Well, and the other thing is, uh, as you were saying that, I was thinking like the markets for these, the target audiences for these kinds of experience differ greatly. Like totally. you were talking of the, uh, even just the, the anecdotal example, granted, of uh, a coworker I mentioned earlier that's a person who's you know north of 30 years old has like you said before no problem on the financial necess- like requirements for entering into that experience like it, they can handle the price um and they don't want to play the multiplayer they want just the amount of time they have available in their lives they can only designate a small slot for a single player experience like they want that sure. you know um in fact, like that's something I've said before. I wish like more games were these like shorter. I can play it on a weekend digestible sizes because that's all I want to commit to them. You know what I mean? No, sure. And I, I feel you on that, too. There's um a game. What game was it that I was looking into? I can't remember. Maybe it was Ratchet and Clank. Oh, OK. I'm having trouble remembering, but. Sean and I were looking into a game where the developer in an interview said this, the, they were asking about the length and the developer was like, well, I can't talk about the specific length. It depends on how much side stuff you do or whatever. But our goal was for you to be able to finish it in a weekend. And so to me, that means like eight, six to eight hours, right? Um, Ish, yeah. Maybe like a pretty to, good weekend even game. to 12. Yeah. I mean, 12 is four hours a day. If, if, counting Friday. I guess that's, that's pretty yeah, long, right? It's just pretty long, yeah. Right. So I, I feel like six to eight for like just a casual weekend is pretty reasonable. And honestly, I love I, – that's like my, for me, optimal game length. Like six to eight yeah. hours, get, get out of my life after that. That's fine with me. So, But yeah. there are tons of people who don't feel that way at all, right? And yeah, in fact, yeah, we at, just on that point, we asked our Instagram community one time for and also again talking about target audiences, our Instagram community, especially the community, the part of the community that engages with us most heavily, like on story polls and stuff skews towards young for young people and especially young men um, between like the ages of 13 and 21. You know what I mean? And those people said, to your point, they actually preferred 
Like they were looking for a game to have hundreds of hours of game. Right. Play, you know, right. I mean? Well, and that's I mean, when you have school and some homework and all your other free time, you can spend playing in games if you want to. Of course. Like, why would you not? Because then you can really get into the meat of the experience. Right. But I'm yeah. here like, no, I want like a meaty eight hour experience that I could then be done with and not have to be feel the pressure that I need to keep playing the next weekend or whatever. Right. Yeah. yeah. I, it's interesting. Josh, our third developers in chat, saying he likes thirty plus hours in a single player experience. Yeah, he he must have been conditioned towards the Eastern games, like because I feel like that doesn't happen a lot in like the AAA Western no, not game at all. space. It's definitely a more Japan style game. Yeah, uh, philosophy. But anyway, yeah. Um, the, sorry, go ahead. No, I didn't have anything. You're good. I I was just going to say I. It will be curious. Maybe they also have some kind of additional. For example, if if Game Pass goes the Luna route of like you just offer bundles for certain publishers and right. whatever, you know, yeah. um, you could theoretically get into, you know, what maybe what EA is thinking in their head is like people are going to be able to subscribe to the EA Game Pass bundle for three to five dollars a month uh-huh. um and uh god i forgot the, the the last part but meaning there's some things we don't know yet yeah um, well what's interesting right is that sort of model was like the original tv model like you bought right. different bundles of channels and we've actually moved away from that in the tv space towards yep. these like o- omega aggregate services right um, and so I, it'll be interesting to see if that really does work with Game Pass because I felt like those bundly kind of ideas are very unpopular. I don't think people like that. And then the, the other problem, I, I think managing it is kind of annoying. Totally. Right? Like managing the bundles I'm subscribed for isn't something that people – it's – yeah. You don't want to so, deal with that. You just want to pay monthly and get all the stuff you want and not like – Click on Battlefield and it'll be like, now you need to add the EA bundle, which is actually already the case, right? You have to add EA to Game Pass, right? Or some special part As, of EA or something. I, I don't know. It, there, it could be that there's something inside of EA Play that is a, is special to them. For Game Pass, EA Play is integrated. Like, there is there is no differentiator like that. Oh, okay. The only differentiator that Game Pass has is, like, if you want the PC uh, add-on or not kind of a thing. Right. Um. All right. Well, yeah. Interesting. Do we have any we uh, patron questions? Yes, today? we do. Yes, we do. We have actually a few, but um, Dash Dash, who's in chat right now, asked a question that I think uh, just he just asked one yesterday that um, maybe we'll take precedent over the other ones and we'll come back. Yes. I don't see any new. So, oh, I see it. Okay. So he asked, you know what? This is not the one I think he asked. Hold on. Let me let me find it. You're good. But Dash Dash asking all kinds of questions for those who are listening, our patrons, our um, Qualitacular, our $5 and $10 a month tier patrons get the opportunity to ask us questions um, for quality time. And we choose one and we ask them at the end. I'm scrolling through. I'm not going to see it. So we can a- we can answer his other one. Um, boom. Okay. So Dash Dash asked... Should video game bosses be revealed right away or be introduced later on? So I asked him, do you mean like 
you introduce them narratively and then, you know, you see them and then later they show up and you fight them kind of a thing? Or is it like from a gameplay perspective that somehow you fight them in some reduced capacity initially and then you fight a big boy fight later? And he said, I would think narratively, one game where a boss was introduced early on is Pokemon White and Black. Not familiar with that one. One where it's revealed at the end of the game or towards the end is Astral Chain and a game where they were introduced but not available to fight is Legend of Zelda. Cool. Just about any Legend of Zelda. And actually, that was like the first place my head actually, my my head went to was Zelda. Because I feel like you run into Ganondorf, at least in, geez, I'm thinking of Ocarina of Time at this point. I feel like I fought him a couple of times. I mean, this you know is a I mean? Nintendo classic, honestly. Like, most Nintendo games do this, right? Like, in Mario, you see Bowser early in the game almost always. Right. This is just a Nintendo thing. And I think that might be more because those ba- those games, like, you already know. They're so well known that the villain is sort of already known to the players. So they don't so, feel like they need this element of surprise. But I feel like there's a lot of games where the villain, like, the, the, the classic twist is, right, like that you find out at the end of the game that the good guy you've been working with is the bad guy and shit like that, right? Right. Um, for me... No, right, so, yeah, right, right. I, I think, for me, I prefer... I think that it's cool to introduce some level of, like, bad guy early in the game. Um, just some evil... You want to know what, like, what you're fighting against, sort of. I guess if we're talking about a relatively, like, black and white concept of, like, good and evil in a game or whatever, right? You want to know, like, what that evil is, but maybe you don't know very many details, and then over the course of the game, you really find out more details, and maybe new evils get added or, like, things get rolled into that. But I prefer... I prefer things to be more nebulous and then you like figure shit out as you go through the game and really can like piece the narrative together as you go. Whereas I think in most Mario, like sort of Mario, for example, the narrative is very simple, right? They're always very Nintendo games in general are very simple narrative style games Mm -hmm. um, where it's just like, yeah, there's a bad guy. You got to fight him. Yeah, maybe some stuff is different about how you get there, but it's the it's the bad guy, you know. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Yeah. I. I'm a little torn, and maybe my answer is that I like both kinds, both kinds of ways in the sense of if you have – I think introducing the boss early on, having some encounter, maybe not like comp- completely defeating him, but he escapes, comes back later, blah, 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 creates this like attachment almost to the 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 conflict that m- maybe grows. Like I, I it's I've played games – Ah, that I cannot remember right now, but like that you, oh fuck, dude, like Ori, where like you are in in Ori, the owl comes at you, and you avoid it. You know, you don't defeat the owl. I, I can't remember the name of the owl, but um, this happens a few times before the final finale, kind of a thing. And I feel like it it created a nar- not just narrative tension, yeah. I guess a little bit just narrative. I was thinking yeah. maybe gameplay no, too, but narrative tension. But a narrative no. tension there that was compelling and kind of made me interested in like how it's going. Things are going to yeah. develop. I feel like in a story like Ori, a relatively simple but like unique story, that kind of stuff works really well, and I think it did work really well in Ori. Um, mm-hmm. But I think in some games it can feel a little tropey, where it's like, oh yeah. I have all my powers. I fight the bad guy. He takes all my powers. Now I play the game getting my powers back to fight bad guy again. Right? Like that is such right. a trope at this point that I feel it can feel a little cheesy if it's not Im- executed very well, I feel like. 
Yeah, you know, and uh, you're saying that, and in the Destiny Two campaign, that's kind of exactly what happens. You start the game, the Cabal, I think, is their name, show up. They beat the fuck out of all the Guardians, and you lose all your powers. And there's a, there's, there is actually a really powerful. I really liked it. Well done initial sequence of you reclaiming, if you will, your first uh-huh. s- s- chunk of your powers back, if you will. Um, and that was actually done to great narrative effect, in my opinion. But um, I do get what you, what you're saying. It, it's sometimes it's so it just makes things really predictable, I guess. Um, exactly. Now I don't think that Destiny Two was going for earth shattering, ground you know breaking kind of a narrative delivery. They were just going for a solid thing, and I did generally find it pleasing. But yeah, I agree with what you're saying. How it can feel kind of generic, kind of tropey. Yeah. But yeah. I think that's a that's a good answer. So where can people find us? You can find us at KOKoalaEntertainment.com. There we have links to all of our social media, especially Discord, which I know we say this all the time because it's true. God, you I'm telling you, in the future, there could be a reality where those who have worked hard in the discord playing our a game which <laughs> if you don't know you should know we have an idol game with agora and parthenon that ties into the universe our upcoming game you can research you gain points you get lore rewards you enter into giveaways automatically at certain levels you get more entries but oh if you guys could see the future that i think there's legitimately significant upside into participating and uh yeah participating but like kicking ass on this game i'm just that's all i can can say for now and big things are coming um soon uh soon this summer soon tm soon tm so yes we do giveaways every three weeks on instagram and on discord so if for if nothing else if you're hearing this for the first time come join us for some free stuff uh, shout out to all our patrons. Woo. Thank you so much. Especially recently, you guys have helped us plow through our first goal of helping cover our um, studio expenses. Um, so amazing. Thank you guys so much. Really cannot appreciate cannot communicate. Thank cannot. you. Yes. Right. <laughs> right on. Thank you. You really for can't listening. communicate it. I really <laughs> can't. I'm so blown away. I'm so blown away by your generosity. I can't. I really can't. It is crazy. Next week. Yeah. Next week, for those who are listening, we will have mm. Kira, Kira from EGD. Nailed it. Um, CEO of EGD. She's got a really cool like origin story into that. Um, quite frankly, uh, I'm very excited to hear how anybody, but especially her with her circumstances and her interest, because she was really interested in audio and stuff, so not really like being a uh-huh. CEO of some underground game design club, um, how she was able to execute that and then continue executing. And so that you know what else good. we'll get her thoughts on? E3 Josh. conferences. Oh, that's true. Because they're that weekend. True. I mean, we'll probably do a special podcast just on E3, but we'll definitely ask Kira some E3 questions, those burning E3 questions. No, yeah, we'll ask her. That'll be fresh off Microsoft's uh, June 13th, so we'll be able to ask her some stuff about that one and a few others that happened before the podcast. Then the oh. week after, we'll have an E3 coverage where after everybody gets their stuff yep. out. Um but yeah, it you know also for those who are listening next week because we have a guest. We like to welcome our guests with a party. We will have giveaways yep. in stream. All right. Amazing. Thanks everyone for listening. Let's go. Talk to you three. next week. Hasta la vista. Bye. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>